Welcome to the Comic Web Superman Old Time Radio Podcast, where each week we bring you an exciting radio episode from the early years of the Man of Steel. The Comic Web sells old time radio programs and comic books. Comic Web also offers two other podcasts. One is a variety of old time radio programs, and the other is a video podcast of old movie serial cliffhangers. You can find them on our website, comicweb.com, or just type Comic Web into iTunes and you should find them. Now just sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of Superman. Thank you. Faster than a speeding bullet, more powerful than a locomotive, able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane, it's Superman! Kellogg's Pep. P-E-P, Pep. Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal presents The Adventures of Superman. Today, while Clark Kent's colleagues and friends worry about his continued disappearance, the great scientist, Dr. John Millicent, confronts them with the astounding and startling news that Kent is gone forever. Hello there, gang. This is your pal, Dan McCullough. Say, uh, have you sent in for your Superman Crusader ring yet? You can get one, you know. And you'll be proud to wear this symbol of Superman's fight for tolerance and good sportsmanship. And is this ring terrific, shiny and silver-looking, with Superman's picture standing right out big and smiling on the front, and the word Superman Crusader on the side? That's to identify you as one of the Superman gang. And you know, this ring is adjustable, too. You can fit it right on your finger yourself. And it's made of such sturdy metal with such a durable silver-like finish... Why, it'll keep right on looking shiny and slick for a long, long time. Now, to get your Superman Crusader ring, here's what you do. You ask Mom to get you a package of that sunshine cereal, Kellogg's Pet. Send the box top along with 10 cents in cash and your name and address clearly printed to Superman, Box 40, that's 4-0, Battle Creek, Michigan. You got that? Send one Kellogg's Pep box top, 10 cents in cash, and your name and address clearly printed to Superman, Box 40, that's 4-0, Battle Creek, Michigan. Ask Mom to get you some P-E-P, the sunshine cereal, Kellogg's Pep. Now, the adventures of Superman. It is a week since Clark Kent, who, as we know, is Superman, left a farewell letter for his friends at the Daily Planet and then mysteriously disappeared. Nearly frantic with worry, Editor Perry White called in the police, who were unable to find any trace of the reporter. When Kent's friends had almost reached the end of their endurance, Dr. John Millison, a world-famous scientist, phoned White, saying he knew a good deal about Kent's disappearance. As we continue now, Dr. Millison has arrived at the Daily Planet. In Perry White's office, the gray-haired editor, Lois Lane, and Jimmy Olsen wait tensely as Millison begins his strange story. Listen. Just a week ago today that I telephoned Clark Kent and told him it was imperative that I see Superman at once. You phoned Kent, you say? About Superman? Yes, Mr. White. Superman and I once worked together on uh, a certain matter, and he told me at that time that in an emergency I might be able to reach him by contacting Kent, who he said was often in touch with him. Oh, I see. Kent said he'd try to contact Superman. And a short time later, Superman arrived at my office. Yes, very kind of you to come here, Superman. Not at all, sir, not at all. You were a great service to me once. 
If there's anything I can do for you, I'll be delighted. Thank you. But it's not I who need help. It's others. Oh, really? Who? The Apollonians. Apollonians? Who are they? Sit down and I'll explain. All right, thank you. About two years ago, the astronomer, Dr. Bloomfield, announced the discovery of a new planet. Mm-hmm. Soon after that, the planet disappeared. Disappeared? Yes, or at least so it seemed, because it was no longer visible with our most powerful telescope. I see. But Dr. Bloomfield was convinced that the planet had not just disappeared. It was his theory that some strange phenomena in the planet's orbit, as well as a certain uh, gas masses, uh, which clung around it, had combined to hide it from our sight. As it turned out, he was right. You mean the planet's been seen again? Yes, through our new giant telescope. Mm-hmm. I don't recall reading any more about it. Well, Dr. Bloomfield and I decided not to publish any more about it until we were able to verify our, uh, well, rather incredible conclusions. We merely named it Apollo and proceeded to... Apollo? Wait a minute. You said just before that some people you called the Apollonians needed help. You don't mean that this new planet is inhabited? Yes, we're quite sure it is. Great Scott, you... You mean there are men, human beings up there? We don't know if they're men as we are, but we're certain some highly developed form of life exists on Apollo. But how do you know? Your telescope can't be powerful enough to see actual... Of course not. But we judge that to be so principally by the canals. The canals? Yes. The canals cut into the surface of the planet. They appear in a geometrical pattern and give every indication of having been made by men. Or I should say by some other highly developed form of animal life. For the purpose of irrigation. This is amazing. Look, Dr. Millicent, as you know, I was born on another planet myself. It disintegrated and... Yes, I know. The planet Krypton. Yes, that's right. But I've been given to understand that all other known planets, with the possible exception of Mars and perhaps Venus, could not support human life because of the lack of an atmosphere and the extreme ranges of temperature. Generally speaking, that's true. Especially with the outer planets, Jupiter, Saturn, Uranus, and so on. Uh, Partly because of their great distance from the sun... But we've definitely ascertained that the newly discovered Apollo has an atmosphere, very much like our own here on Earth. It has? Yes. And, as you know, we're able to determine the approximate ranges of the temperature on other planets. Yes, I know. Well, Dr. Bloomfield and I believe the temperature on Apollo is like that of southwestern United States. Oh, that's not bad. Not bad at all. Wait, Doctor. I think I know why you called on me now. You want me to try to get to Apollo and see if it really is inhabited. Not quite, Superman. I wouldn't consider asking you to risk your life on such a hazardous undertaking merely to gratify our scientific curiosity. Well, then, why have you called... Here it is. The people, or whatever form of animal life exists on Apollo, are in great danger of extermination. Extermination? Exactly. Their days, perhaps even their hours, are numbered. Well, what do you mean? Why is that so? Because, as we have observed, the action of Apollo in its orbit is highly erratic. It swings too far. I see what you mean. What's more, its speed is approaching apposition, and it's too great, far too great. So much so that Dr. Bloomfield and I are convinced that Apollo will fly out of its orbit at any time. Uh Uh-oh. And be drawn through space to revolve closely around the sun until it and everything on it is burned to a cinder. Great, Scott. That Superman is likely to happen any day. Perhaps at any hour. I see. So that's why you called on me, to try to save the people, if that's what they are, on Apollo. Yes, Superman. And believe me, I'll understand completely if you refuse. Even you might perish in space. The frightful power of the sun's direct rays might very well destroy you. Or the X-rays, the innumerable sunspots throughout space, or the cosmic rays themselves. Or even if you live through them, you might become lost and be drawn to the sun and... and finish that way. Trying to scare me, Doctor? No, I'm just telling you that I'll understand if you refuse this mission. The chances of survival are against even you, Superman. 
And you must balance that against your service on Earth. For a long moment, Superman stood without moving. His forehead was deeply lined in thought. Suddenly, his face cleared and his jaw tightened, and with a clear voice, he said, I'll do it, Dr. Millicent. You... You mean you'll try to fly to Apollo? Yes, I feel it's my duty. You realize fully that you may never return. Of course I do. But I can't let the inhabitants on that doomed planet perish without at least making an attempt to save them. You're very brave, Superman. Nonsense. I think I can make it because I traveled through space before. Now tell me, when would you say is the best time to go? Right now, while Apollo is closest to Earth. Right now? Yes, this evening, when you can see the planet and set your course. I... All right. I'll meet you at the Mount Arthur Observatory at 8 o'clock tonight. Superman appeared on Mount Arthur, on the terrace in front of the observatory. Dr. Bloomfield and I were waiting for him, and we pointed out Apollo, which glowed like a yellowish star between the reddish star of Mars and the white star of Venus. Dr. Bloomfield, for the first time I've known him, was very nervous. There's Apollo, Superman. Oh, yes, yes, I see it. I don't know. Perhaps you shouldn't try to fly there. Why? You're of such great service to humanity here on Earth. You should perish. Forget it, Dr. Bloomfield. My mind is made up. Oh, uh, by the way, I'm taking someone with me. What? What did you say? I said I'm taking a, a, pat, a passenger along, uh, Clark Kent, the Daily Planet reporter. Oh, no, you can't do that. Certainly not. It's impossible. Why? Why he wouldn't be able to live in space. Well, I, uh, I'll take care of that. Well, time to go now. Kent's waiting nearby. I'll pick him up and then shoot for Apollo. Bye, Dr. Millicent. Bye, Dr. Bloomfield. Goodbye, Superman, and good luck. God bless you. Thank you. I'll uh, see you soon, I hope. Up! Up! And away! Dr. Bloomfield and I heard a great rush of wind. Then we saw a sort of flash and blur as Superman leaped from the earth and streaked away into the sky. We stood on the terrace of the observatory and watched him dwindle away to a speck in the starlit sky and then disappear, bound for that yellowish ball in the heavens which we called the planet Apollo. We'll return in a moment with the startling climax of today's episode. So be sure to stand by. Say, gang, are you good Americans... You bet you are. So, of course, you want to wear a Superman Crusader ring. You see, this ring symbolizes Superman's crusade for good Americans. So, uh, doesn't it give you a thrill to know that you can wear a Superman Crusader ring just like it? Kellogg's Pep has fixed that up for you. And you're going to feel like strutting around when you wear that ring. I mean, it's a humdinger. It's made of sturdy, silver-looking metal with a shiny, durable finish that'll keep right on looking shiny and slick for a long, long time. Superman's picture stands right out in the front, and the words Superman Crusader are printed clear and plain on the side. That makes you a Superman Crusader, too. And the ring's adjustable, sure, so it's easy to fit right on your finger yourself. Now, here's how you get your Superman Crusader ring. Ask Mom to get you a package of that sunshine cereal, Kellogg's Pet. Send the box top, along with 10 cents in cash, and your name and address clearly printed to Superman, Box 40, that's 4-0, Battle Creek, Michigan. You got that? 
send one box top from a package of Kellogg's Pep. Ten cents in cash and your name and address clearly printed to Superman, Box 40, that's 4-0, Battle Creek, Michigan. Get your Superman Crusader ring from P-E-P, the sunshine cereal, Kellogg's Pep. In the office of Editor Perry White at the Daily Planet, Dr. John Millison has just related how Superman had rocketed away into the heavens bound for the doomed planet Apollo. Now, as Lois Lane and Jimmy Olsen sit in speechless awe, Perry White finds his breath first. That, I gather, was the last you saw of Superman and Clark Kent. Yes, Mr. White. Well, that's no reason to be sure they're lost forever, as you say, Dr. Millicent. They may be up on that planet right now. That, uh, Apollo, or whatever its name is. I don't think so. Well, why do you say that? Because I had agreed with Superman that if he and Kent lived through the trip, they would both return to Metropolis within three days. Three days? Yes, Mr. White. We agreed that if Superman and Kent failed to return within three days, it would indicate that they had perished. Good Godfrey. Those were Superman's own words. He and Kent have been gone seven days. So, I regret to say that now I know they will never return. Faces drawn and drained of all color. Perry White, Lois Lane, and Jimmy Olsen stare at the sad-faced Dr. Millicent. No longer able to doubt that Superman and Clark Kent have vanished forever. Is Dr. Millicent right? Has the heretofore unconquerable Superman been destroyed at last? We'll find out tomorrow when we make an amazing discovery. So whatever you do, be sure to hear tomorrow's thrilling episode, fellows and girls. Tune in, same time, same station. And remember, for breakfast, it's Kellogg's Pet. For excitement, the adventures of Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC comic magazines and is brought to you Monday through Friday at the same time by Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal. Say, who's in the know about kids in other countries, how they look and how they dress? Well, Kellogg has the answer with the cutouts on packages of Kellogg's Crumbles. Boy, will the kids in your family have a load of fun with these dolls of all nations, cutting them out and, and changing their costumes and, and collecting all six countries in the series, like Switzerland, Russia, Sweden. Two cut-out dolls on every package in full color. That's dolls of all nations on packages of Kellogg's Crumbles. And be sure to be with us tomorrow for the thrilling adventures of Superman. This is the Mutual Broadcasting System.